Hi, this is Monica Reinagel, and you're listening to the Nutrition Diva Podcast. And for this very first podcast of the brand new year, I have a special guest joining me. Rebecca Scritchfield is here to talk about her new book, Body Kindness, and the timing couldn't be better. This is the time of year when many of us renew our commitment to take better care of ourselves. And so often that project and those resolutions have to do with diet and nutrition. And yet, as I've talked about in January's past, sometimes we set ourselves up for failure by setting unrealistic goals or being unnecessarily strict with ourselves. Your diet doesn't have to be perfect in order to be healthy, and perhaps no one speaks more eloquently on this topic than Rebecca. I love her new book, which is just out this week, and I'm really looking forward to sharing her approach with you in today's podcast. And there are some free body kindness resources that she'll tell you about as well. Before... Rebecca Scritchfield is a registered dietitian nutritionist in the nation's capital, and she reaches millions through her appearances on national television, newspapers, and magazines and blogs, uh, including her blog for the U.S. News and World Report. And her new book, Body Kindness, is the distillation of an approach that she's developed and refined working with hundreds of private clients. And I'm so glad to have an opportunity to talk a little bit with Rebecca so that she can tell you a little bit about body kindness. Thanks for joining me, Rebecca. Thank you for having me. So, Rebecca, your training is in nutrition, and this is a book about living healthy and eating healthy, but I, I couldn't help but notice that there you spend very little time talking about what it is that we should and shouldn't be eating. I mean, the nutrition advice Mm -hmm. basically boils down to three things. One, be hungry when you sit down to Mm -hmm. eat. Two, create a balanced plate. And three, enjoy your food. (laughs) I I mean, have we really made healthy eating that much more complicated than it needs to be? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Short answer. (laughs) Yes. Uh, You know, and there's several factors, but if I had to pinpoint it down to a few key things. Um, one is just understanding the basic human brain. And we have evolved and, uh, you know, we are here on this planet because our ancestors were actually always afraid. And they were afraid enough to run from the lions and tigers and bears, um, you know, so that always kept, it kept them on their toes. And I think that we just have this natural ability to kind of wonder, is this safe? Like, am I safe or am I in danger? And so I think that's one reason why we kind of take food to um, a bit of a extreme. I, you know, I think the other thing is just even as nutrition professionals and the way we talk in school, we're taught to talk about nutrients and we don't eat nutrients, we eat food. (laughs) Um, But, you know, the latest guidance, which I love um, from the U.S. Dietary Guidelines is to follow healthy eating patterns and patterns are not rules. It's great news because there's no pass or fail here. Mm-hmm. We can make small changes, um, you know, at any opportunity to just boost our health. And that creates an impact because it's going to be a pattern. You try to tell me that every bite of food is not a life or death <laughs> choice? <laughs> no. Well, I really loved what you write in the book about this sort of crazy perfectionism that has come into our culture specifically around eating healthy. And here's what you wrote. I'm going to quote some from the book. You write, these days, it's not enough to simply eat produce. There's an all-out war going on over which cucumber, carrot, or melon is, quote-unquote, the best for you. And it's just about time that we cut ourselves some slack. And I I couldn't agree more with the sentiment. So 
What do you think is it that's driving this pursuit of the perfect diet? It's almost like we're in a competition yeah. to see who can do this better. Where yeah. is this coming from? Uh, I like to refer to that lovingly as compare and despair <laughs> because comparison never really helped nobody. <laughs> um, but, you know, again, this is very interesting. I think it's evolutionary as well. Um, the idea of that humans are actually herd animals. So if you think of, you know, other animals that travel in a herd, it's like, were these tribes? And we need to know, can we fit into this tribe? Who's providing food? Who's providing water? Who's providing shelter? And I just think that with evolution and the advent, especially of social media, now our tribe is the world. So it's no longer about what's the conversations in our families or in our communities, but it's everybody. Now we can compare, you know, to all this information we have out there. And, um, you know, the media, you know, is in competition for our attention mm -hmm. and clicks. And we are driven to these negative headlines that keep us driving our fear. So it's this vicious it's cycle yeah. of I'm not good enough. And a big part of body kindness is about building self-compassion. And, you know, to have a little bit of drive and energy toward your behavior change is a great thing. But if it's such an extreme that you can't be nice to yourself, you're never going to get healthy. You know, you can't hate yourself healthy. You've got to start with self-compassion and really find that what's good enough for right now marker. And then more health and wellness will grow and bloom from that feel-good satisfaction you get out of giving yourself credit, you know, for some amount of effort. <laughs> well, yeah. And that's a theme that runs through this book, this idea of spiraling up, mm -hmm. that we don't have to start you know, with this perfect diet and then yeah. try not to fall off of this <laughs> pedestal that we've climbed up onto, but we can start wherever we are and just walking in the right direction. Exactly. What's the next best choice I can make is a good place. I also love that sentiment mm -hmm. that we can't hate ourselves healthy. <laughs> so you also say in the book that you're not a fan of the clean eating movement. <laughs> now, let me just play devil's advocate here. Isn't clean eating just about eating less processed food and more whole foods? Like what's, what's wrong with that? Where have we gone wrong? Yeah. You know, if it were that simple, I would be a fan, but there is no real definition of clean eating. It's open to interpretation. Um, and that's the first thing that bothers me as an evidence-based registered dietitian. I want to know what is the, you know, scientific and truthful way to share information it is a buzzword. It can sell books. It can get a lot of attention, um, but it doesn't really mean anything about health. And I like to kind of argue that, you know, vegetables and fruits grow in the ground, so they're dirty. Our, our, <laughs> our produce is actually very dirty. And, um, you know, the benefits of, of, of dirt in for our immunity and like bacteria is actually good for us for our, you know, gut microbiome and our digestive system. So it really is, clean is just a judgment, a health halo of good and bad, a pass-fail that I just don't think serves a beneficial purpose for most people. Um, if it helps you, if it doesn't create any fear or anxiety, and if it, if it helps you spiral up, you know, in body kindness, all power to you. But most people, it just confuses us, and that's why I don't like it. Okay, you heard it here first. Rebecca Scritchfield is advocating dirty eating. <laughs> so you um, suggest in your book, as you're working through um, the various aspects of body kindness, that maybe we should throw away our scales and maybe we should 
take off our fitness trackers and mm -hmm. stop logging our food and to abandon those lists of forbidden <laughs> foods, our nuclear foods, you know, Armageddon foods. I yeah. think that's what they're called. <laughs> um, basically, stop obsessing yeah. about every little thing. But I know that there are going to be some people listening to us today who are thinking, if I let go of control, if I take my hands off the reins for mm -hmm. a day, I'm going to weigh 300 pounds mm -hmm. if I just yeah. let myself eat whatever I want. So uh, I guess my last question to you is, are there some people who really do need more external control to keep themselves in the saddle? Or really, can anyone learn to have this degree of freedom around food? I think anyone can learn to have this degree of freedom. But I have spent most of my life struggling with all the tools. So um, my freedom has only come in the last few years myself. Uh, so nobody knows, you know, as good as I know, you know, the damage that a scale can do and the fitness trackers can do. And, you know, that used to be my game. Before Fitbits were out, I was putting these armwear bands on people and saying, I'm going to watch you. I'm going to watch you sleep. I'm going to watch you eat. And it put a divide between us. Um, if, if somebody messed up, they felt guilty and they weren't being truthful and honest. And I just, I saw it not working with clients. I saw, not, I saw it not working with me. Um, there's a big difference between awareness um, and, and, and some amount of journaling and tracking can help with awareness, but it can't be a judgment. And so you need to be really careful and ask, how are these tools helping me? At some point, if you can take a break, because they can be a distraction from building body trust and checking in with your hunger, checking in with your moods, because our mood impacts our choices. And so even if you don't want to you know, take a hammer to your scale, if you put it in the closet for a month and try some of the spiral up activities, try to just journal different things like your hunger level and fullness, um, you know, try to spend your time improving how you plan and prepare meals. You'll probably find that you're happier and that as you build more body trust, that you learn the skills that are really needed to build hope and confidence for health and wellness for the rest of your life. Well, that sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> me too. So tell everybody how they can find out a little bit more about the book. And you have um, some resources that are available that people can download right now. Yes. So. Yes. So go to bodykindnessbook.com. And if you give your name and email, you will get a free training um, on five health rules that you can break. And there's a health and happiness journal. So speaking of what we were just talking about, I've got a two-pager PDF of ways that you can track um, thoughts and feelings and food and exercise, sleep, mood, and even being kind to yourself and others. So without tracking some of those other numerical things. So if you've got to track something, we can track something. <laughs> exactly. Have something a positive. <laughs> Well, thank you so much. And of course, I'll have a link to bodykindnessbook.com in the transcript for the podcast today, which you can find as always at nutritiondiva.quickanddirtytips.com. And I do hope you'll check out Rebecca's site and her book. I think it's a wonderful addition to our conversation. Much needed. Thank you so much for joining me today, Rebecca. Thank you. Thank you.